This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Do we you? Ooh, you? Ooh, you? Do do do. My name is Alex Orvalpiers. I use they, the fox, and void pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. Hello and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a fantastic however long it's been since you listened to the last episode. On this week's episode, the, the first of a few, we are going to talk about Doctor Who and all the, the queer stuff in it. There's so much, so much so that there are going to be three episodes uh, covering all of the stuff. And with me today to cover all of the stuff are the two most expert people I know. So why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Al Kewen, and I use they-them pronouns, and my favourite Doctor is the Seventh Doctor, played by Sylvester McCoy. I'm Sophie, I use she-her pronouns, and my favourite Doctor is probably either 10 or 13, I can't decide. So this episode, we are going to focus on classic Doctor Who. For those who don't know, Doctor Who is a time travel sci-fi show. The Doctor can regenerate into different forms. And there are many of them. And there's two main eras. Um, so Classic Who and New Who, different periods of time. We'll get into that. But we're focusing on Classic Who and all of the Doctors from that era. Yes. Yeah, so Classic Who ran from 1963 all the way through to 1989 when it was axed by the BBC. And then there was a brief resurgence in 1996 when they did a TV movie to try and reboot it in America, which unfortunately failed well, fortunately failed because it meant we got New Who as well, but it did mean less Paul McGann. But essentially it encompasses Doctors 1 to 7 and then the 8th Doctor is in the TV movie. So those are the Doctors that we'll be talking about today. All right, so starting off, we'll start with the first Doctor's era. What, what are your opinions and thoughts and queer stuff? So the first Doctor's era is honestly quite interesting as far as queer stuff goes. Um, I mean, the, one as a Doctor is very straight comparatively. However, one, one gender is, is very much <laughs> gremlin energy no, no gender just gremlin it's <laughs> great however it is very interesting to note that the first director for doctor who waris hussein who directed an unearthly child and i think the daleks and marco polo is actually queer and still alive today so that's something from one zero but really as as far as queer stuff in one zero goes there isn't there isn't much that i can think of that's like uh, e- even subtextual it was the early to mid-60s. It was um, aggressively 60s. Aggressively prim and proper BBC 60s. Though there is a bit of an internet headcanon that Dodo Chaplet is non-binary and Stephen Taylor is bisexual. Those are two of the Doctor's companions. Uh, that's, that's sort of it with One Zero. There isn't a whole lot to say, unfortunately. Though it's a it's a cool era to watch. Two zero camp. It's very camp. Lots of base under siege. Shouty mad scientists saying they'll destroy the world because they want to. But that's going off the topic of queer things. Well, I think we need to talk about two and Jamie here because the amount of two Jamie shipping that goes on in some parts of the internet is quite something. So yeah, that there is sort of like the head canon that those two are in a relationship of some sort. This shipping has only been fueled by the on screen chemistry of. Pat- 
Matt Troughton and Fraser Hines, the actors for the second Doctor and Jamie McCrimmon, respectively, because they were very, very good friends off screen. And so their on screen antics uh, were, were occasionally left in the final cut, particularly if they deliberately pulled something that they knew couldn't be edited out. A particularly notorious moment is in Tomb of the Cybermen, in which when trying to enter the tomb, the Doctor and Jamie were meant to grab their other companion, Victoria Waterfield's hands, and basically just walk her into the tomb because, well, she was, I think, 14 years old and terrified, naturally, as you would be. Patrick and Fraser, knowing that this was the final take, they wouldn't have the time or be able to afford another take of the scene, grabbed each other's hands and walked hand in hand into the tomb. <laughs> so that, that's, that's a particular scene that sort of fueled some um, rather intense fandom shipping in some parts of the internet. It was worth noting that uh, Ben and Polly, two earlier, two, two earlier companions in 2-0, there is, again, more head canoning that they are gay lesbian solidarity. There's a lot of yeah, feelings of gay gay lesbian solidarity. That man is a twink and Polly's a lesbian. Like, come on, you, you have to just watch one episode. The first episode with them in, Ben is such a twink. Ben, ben is a twink and a himbo and it's incredible. Literally his intro is decking a misogynist. <laughs> as far as two's queerness and gender goes, it was the 60s and in particular the first couple of actors, Hartnell and Troughton, they very much played the Doctor as asexual. It was it was a children's program, so who the Doctor was inclined towards that wasn't really a big thing in their mind. Two is no different to that, and so again with two we have a very Aeroace Doctor who doesn't really seem to be inclined towards any gender or species or anything at all, either sexually, romantically, or anything really. Two is there to cause mischief, make friends, and have fun, and topple fascist empires. Though speaking of mischief, again, uh, two's gender, two's gender is mischief. It's that's that that's all that that, that two's gender can ever be described as. And and recorder riffs. Okay, yeah, mischief and recorder riffs. So talking about the third Doctor's era, well, <laughs> can, can, can I just put it out there? Can I just say no straight person can wear what three wears and pull it off to the level that three does. All you need to do is look at that man in his fancy shoes and his cape and be like, oh yeah, you're gay. That, that you're, you're gay. He, yeah, wears, yeah, you're he gay. wears a frilly button down, velvet and a cape. But, but queer stuff in three zero, what, 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 what do we think? Lots of queer side characters. Well, unit the military organization that sort of exists in the Doctor Who universe is pretty prominent in the third Doctor's era. There's, because like for most of it, he's actually sort of stranded on the base trying not to, or trying to annoy the military personnel to death. And uh, a couple of them in particular, Yates and Benton, are completely, I want to say headcanoned, but it's pretty much everyone just sort of universally agrees that they date at some point. I mean, to quote Katie Manning, the, the actress for Joe Grant, three's longest serving companion, Mike Yates is gay. <laughs> if the cast says they're gay, they're probably gay. You're not reading into it. Yates and Benton themselves don't get much screen time beyond um, being the Doctor's fall guy for screwing up and making apparently very good cups of tea. But something about them just has everyone going, yeah, they're dating. And it's just sort of universally agreed upon that, yeah, they're dating. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, like subtextual, not even intentional. I don't know, is, is homoeroticism even the right term for, for, for what they have going on between them? Gay tension. Yes, gay tension. That's a, yeah. 
yeah, the, the gay tension between them. I'm, I'm thinking particularly of uh, whenever Yates, who's of course bent and superior, will will bully him, and like Benjamin will be on guard duty, enjoying a drink at whatever manner he's guarding, and Yates will be like, oh, "Off you pop," and then he'll just wrap the drink that Benton was having. <laughs> I feel like we need to discuss um, Liz Shaw as well. Yep. The confirmed lesbian companion from Three's first season. Yeah, her whole introduction is just a stressed lesbian scientist tries to keep the doctor out of trouble and fails spectacularly. It really is old gay man running around with lesbian sidekick committing crimes and annoying companies. It's quite something to watch. It's worth noting she's like not confirmed lesbian on screen in the show. It's in unofficial spin-offs later where she is confirmed as that. But it's Doctor Who, we choose what's canon. Exactly. <laughs> with three, I feel like there's a character that we need to mention though. Yeah. Very, very very gay tension character. So much homoerotic tension. This character's the Master, who, if you know about much about Doctor Who, you probably know that the Master is a rogue Time Lord who is the Doctor's arch nemesis. Also, um, they're exes now. Yeah, uh, like childhood best friend turn ex turn nemesis turn let's have homoerotic tension on screen every single time we show up in the same space. It's, it's so good. Like, half of their episodes together, particularly with Delgado and John Pertwee, so with three and Delgado's master. It's literally, oh doctor, would you run away with me and start an empire of chaos and evil across the galaxy? Oh master, I would love to, but unfortunately I have to spoil your evil plan on Earth because I happen to love this one particular planet a little bit too much for you to just spoil it with your evil schemes. <laughs> oh doctor, please. Oh, you've got a sword under my chin and you're pointing it upwards. Oh, you, you've given the sword back to me. Nice. We can continue fighting. It's so, it's so gay. Yeah, the only reason the Master continues to mess with Earth is because he knows it'll get the Doctor's attention and they can have another interaction. <laughs> it's that that's li- it's literally stated as well. That, that It's not even subtle. Yeah. It's just, Doctor, pay attention to me. <laughs> I'm going to break all your toys until you give me your love. <laughs> you messaged, I messaged, I messaged you yesterday. You haven't texted me back. Please respond. <laughs> So much gay pining between those two. It's yeah, yeah. The frenemies doesn't quite cover it. No, and the master just sticks around like a very gay smell for like the rest of ever. I mean, we're still dealing with the master today. Um, in the upcoming episode, or oh, that's gonna go down well with everyone involved. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. <laughs> Gender-wise, the third Doctor is his his whole his whole gender is Mad Hatter's tea party. He's an absolute mess of lace and tea and crimes. Doctors occasionally have catchphrases, and I swear the three's catchphrase is just "Can you make me some tea, please?" So I guess we're talking about the fourth Doctor now, who is the the, the first Doctor to actually be explicitly played as asexual and a romantic. Tom Baker has confirmed that when he played for, he played for as a race, which is is quite interesting, though very obvious on screen, particularly in City of Death, when a very conventionally beautiful lady confronts him in her mansion, and Four just looks at her and is like, well, you're a very beautiful woman, probably. Um, <laughs> which really annoys her. <laughs> But yeah, it's lots of Aeroace in in Four's in Four's era. It's more lots of friends going around in time and space with a long scarf. The first big companion for the Fourth Doctor was also travelled with the Third Doctor for a little while, and was there when he regenerated. Was uh, Sarah Jane Smith? There is lots and lots to say about Sarah Jane. Um, some of it, most of it, will be in a later episode about spin-offs. But Sarah Jane generally was 
stubborn feminist journalist was her basic character archetype, and um, Elizabeth Slade and the actress completely built on that and made an absolutely formidable character that became the most recurring companion in all of Doctor Who. And like a lot of other characters, but weird for her screen time and the era that she came back in later, she never has any on-screen romantic interests or on audio or anything, but it's sort of, there are lots of head cannons. Some people are like, get her a girlfriend, get her a girlfriend right now. Some people think she's straight, which, okay. Um, sure. <laughs> but it's just generally accepted she's probably at least bi. There's not much straight about Sarah Jane, I don't no. feel. Yeah. <laughs> and never mind the fact that she had, what was Harry, chasing after her for like a whole season. And she was just like, nope, fall down a ravine, I don't care. Romana, um, oh, there's... A lot of gender there. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I'm projecting. Um, particularly Romana One's dress sense. Wow, that was that was a season of good outfits. I, and then I guess there's Romana to talk about um, as as well. I mean, like if you look at just just look at Romana Two and tell me that that woman is straight. You're absolutely incorrect. Like that that is a bisexual <laughs> woman. You, you cannot tell me any different. But also, Time Lords are just not cis anyway by nature fourth gender what do we think scarf scarf <laughs> scarf man yep sure sounds like fourth gender <laughs> four, four, four doesn't have a gender four carries their gender in their scarf and lets the scarf carry the gender for them auxiliary yeah. gender <laughs> a backup gender in case four ever loses theirs only four lost theirs a long time ago and just forgot to use the backup gender <laughs> Well, I suppose we need to talk about Five now. Uh, yeah, Five is arguably the queerest Doctor era because he's just, what was it, sort of tired gay man with all of his gay children flying around in a box making gay trouble. It, essentially, I mean, like, his his first season is literally um, gay man with whiny gay teenage son and two lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. Who are now semi-canonically, are they canonically? They're cano- well, they, they were confirmed in the Farewell Sarah Jane. Yeah, and they were mentioned being at least together in the Sarah Jane Adventures too. So, like, yes, yes, because yes, they were both in the same country, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, we should probably put names to these people. We should Nissa and Tegan. Who Tegan is definitely coming back in the next Doctor Who episode, and Nissa, I'll throw something if she isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Nissa is an alien from the planet Traken. Yep. Uh, she's, she's the last of her people, isn't she? Uh, she is, because the master killed the rest of them. Definitely no trauma there. Yeah, she's got, like, great hair, velvet jacket thing, and, like, matching pants. It's really fancy. Um, and then Tegan is an angry Australian air hostess who unadvertently gets, um, dragged into the TARDIS and spends the entire time there trying to get back. <laughs> it, it, her entire character arc is essentially... Please, Doctor, can you take me back to Heathrow Airport? (laughs) (laughs) And lots of screaming at him. Yeah, lots and lots of screaming at him. And then she gets back to Heathrow Airport and immediately rejoins the TARDIS. It's a little bit funny. Yeah, I mean, she left her girlfriend behind. She had to go back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Worth noting again that um, Peter Davison played uh, this Doctor as asexual um, deliberately. And Matthew Waterhouse, the actor for Adric, I believe is gay. So... Yep, that tracks. Yeah, pretty, pretty funky if you ask me. Uh, Are we both avoiding mentioning Turlo? Yep. I do not like that gay weasel man. (laughs) Turlo is an absolute custard cream. Um, Yeah. He's a character that I don't like, but I don't. We're not meant to like Turlo. He's not really. I think we're meant to grow on him, but like. mm. What, like a fungus? Yeah. No, that's more what he does to us. He's. Yeah. Some people ship him in five. Did you know that? I did know that. 
It's knowledge that I think both of us wish we could delete from our brains. Um, that Turlo, he's here, he's queer, you wish he would leave. Yeah, yeah, that, that sums him up. Um, anything else really to say about Five? It's just a gaggle of gay kids and their very tired dad who really needs a nap. Well, they also have Five Era. Five Zero has that monster great big crossover as well with like all of the companions. Oh, yeah, of course, the five doctors. We yeah. I should probably mention the five doctors in which everyone who'd been in the show came back. Well, almost everyone. Rip uh, William Hartnell. But there was... That, that that whole episode was just full of, full, of, full of queer side characters. All of them. I mean, Susan, the doctor's granddaughter. We didn't mention Susan in one zero. Oh, my God. The doctor has a granddaughter. She's called Susan. Um, by energy, I'd say. What do you reckon? Yeah, by energy. Yeah, yeah. A- aggressively by energy. Yeah. Like, Look at the haircut. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Bis- bi- bisexual 60s kid would definitely match with, like, CND and stuff like that. Be in the early Pride parades. Um, she'd be very cool. But yes, so many queer side characters. Yeah, Five Doctors basically takes all of the queer side characters, throws them in a pit, and tells them have fun. Do they have fun? No. They have trauma instead. <laughs> Sounds like an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Gender-wise, Five... Five's gender is just overtired minivan dad taking all his kids to soccer practice at like seven o'clock on a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty good, though I'd also like to um bring to the table um Five's gender as a fruit that wears a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he quite literally wears celery on the lapel of his cricket outfit. Which again, not straight. <laughs> no, no. No straight person would wear that. Nobody would wear a vegetable as an accessory unless they were very queer. Does this does this mean that we're on to sexy? It- <laughs> <laughs> no, sixth Doctor, please. Yeah. So sexy, or the sixth Doctor, as some no. call him, um, <laughs> is a walking pride parade. If you've seen any photos of the sixth Doctor, there's so much color. It's like he went through the scrap box at a like tailor's shop and took out every single obnoxious color he could and made himself a coat with a matching umbrella. It's. <laughs> It's impressive how bad the outfit is, and it's so gender. I, I just need to put <laughs> no that No straight there. person would wear that again. again. Yeah, no straight person would wear that. Yeah. It's obnoxiously gender and obnoxiously queer, and it's so good. Um, yeah, there's not really much queer stuff to talk about, really, with, with six. Off the top of my head, again, Colin Baker... Oh, yeah, Col- Colin Baker played um, the Sixth Doctor. So to quote, I mean, not to quote Colin Baker, but to paraphrase, um, he played the Sixth Doctor as asexual. However, when, like, pressed for how he was playing it, it's interesting to note that he describes aromanticism far more closely than he describes asexuality with his description of how he was playing the Doctor consciously in that way. So that's, um, I think, something interesting to, mm. to bring to the table, that, that, that this Doctor is potentially not asexual, but definitely aromantic. Though probably A-spec still. I mean, the Doctor is always A-spec. Are we agreed on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Time Lords reproduce with looms. Yeah. Oh, looms. Let's... We we, (laughs) we could spend episodes on talking about looms. Um, And then episodes unpicking all of that. Um, Let's not. Yeah, no, no. Let's let's sort of stay on topic. Um, Perry, on the other hand, is headcanoned as asexual and bisexual quite a lot, as far as I'm aware. Um, Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. And is frankly a legend calling Six out on all of his his stuff. Baloney. <laughs> yeah, Six out on his baloney. That's a good way of describing it. But no, not not much queer to talk about with 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 Six. He took all the queer and sewed it into his coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Took up the whole queer quota for the season. Yeah. I feel like while we're talking about five, six, and seven, we do need to mention that John Nathan Turner, the executive producer of Doctor Who at the time, was a gay man and very openly gay in the eighties. 
That really explains five. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, it it sure does. It explains a lot about Doctor Who in the 80s, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 80s themselves were a whole <laughs> uh, Particularly in Britain. Oh, that was a time to be out. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, so that's that's just an interesting thing I think to touch on and mention that mm. yeah the, the the person behind the show at the time was gay. Yeah, Six's gender. His, his coat. His coat. Yeah, Six's gender is his coat. That's his yeah. his awful awful magnificent coat. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I want to cosplay it so badly. <laughs> it's like I want one, but I also want to set it on fire. You know, you've peaked when you've got that kind of energy in a coat. It's so good. It's amazing. The best costume any doctor has ever had it's, t- it's terrible it's awful look it up please look it up it'll burn your eyes out <laughs> enjoy it <laughs> i guess we're talking about the seventh doctor now Ooh, seven's great oh seven so much queer energy in sevens everything yeah yeah no i mean i i i want to there, there's the obvious huge elephant in the room that we're going to get to but i just want to first mention paradise towers like his his third story when um what one of the uh, one of the uh, people in the Paradise Towers are uh, two two ladies who are roommates, um, <laughs> and they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Yeah, they live together, <laughs> cook together. It's really lovely. It's a pity that they're cannibals, but like, <laughs> <laughs> m- moving on from that, they were roommates. <laughs> it, gay. Um, yeah, diversity of our queer characters. You know. <laughs> Diversity win. Our subtextually queer characters are also cannibals in this story. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's no dancing around this one. Ace Ace McShane. Ace McShane is an icon. <laughs> Ace McShane is bisexual. Very. Angry 17-year-old bisexual who wants to burn down the world and everyone in it. And has the means to do so. Now that essentially a Time Lord God has um, put its power into Ace's baseball bat, which is making a return in the next episode. Oh, excellent. I love Ace's bat. Ace's bat can destroy Daleks. It can, and the actors within the Dalek suits. Oopsies. Yep, that was a yeah, that that was a minor injury. Um. Ace has an anarcho-communist pin uh, and many other pins, and a bag full of explosives. Yeah. Well, let's say she doesn't. Sorry, I'm going to have to come in on this. She doesn't have an anarcho-communist pin, but she does have a really huge anarchist icon on a part of her, and then on another part of her. After um, she helps some uh, Russian soldiers in. World War Two, they actually give her a uh, Soviet pin, which she wears <laughs> on her jacket as well. So, like, not good communism, bad communism, but like, still a vibe, st- still a vibe, <laughs> still an absolute vibe. Oh no, we're getting political in Doctor Who. That's something that didn't happen until 2018. Oh yeah, um, no, not at all yeah. ever. No politics in the history of Doctor Who yeah, at all. For the record that is very much sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Moving back though to Ace, um, so so much bisexual sub and essentially super text in there yeah i mean like survival should we should we just go straight to survival and the cheetah person yeah that was that was a, a thing um at one point ace joins a gang of cheetah women that hunt together and live together and call each other's sisters but in a really really gay way <laughs> it's so so gay yeah, and then the doctor swoops in and goes, ah, my feral child, let's go off and make havoc in space. And they, they do until happily ever after. Because they cancelled it. <laughs> uh, I feel the pain of it, even though I wasn't alive then. Um, <laughs> but just that episode is so gay. It's just, will you ride with me and feel the wind in your face forever and ever and ever, Ace? And- yeah, it's like, 
That is aggressively not straight. <laughs> the, the gay pining is real and very obviously there. That there's no escaping it. Um, and her and her little friend in that um, I don't know what the episode's called, but the one with the archaeology thing, and they uh, end up wreaking havoc with the brigadier's wife. Um, yeah, that's that's battlefield. Um, yeah. yeah, her and her, her and her friend. Yeah, that that's a little bit more. Um, yeah, that, that that's a little bit more subtextual, but also yeah, b- yeah. very obviously there. Um, yeah, I mean, if Ace is there, it's there. It is also worth noting that there is um, a sort of queer collective um, sort of fan page and Facebook group um, that is about discussing all of the queer stuff in Doctor Who called Friends of Ace. Um, I think a reference to Friends of Dorothy, which is a whole, like, ooh, are you gay thing um, from a long time ago. Um, but it's based around Ace. Um, Ace is that queer that they are the face of, of this group. <laughs> it's also very funny because Ace's name is actually Dorothy. Yeah. Um, Dorothy McShane. Yeah, she just hates it because her mother gave it to her and she's got some kind of mommy issue vendetta going on. <laughs> I mean, so so would I if my mum was like that and then I ended up accidentally saving her life in World War Two. And yeah. causing her to stay alive and then finding out that I was manipulated by an ancient Norse god of evil to be me. Yeah, yeah. Ace is a bit of a mess, but we love her anyway. Ace's <laughs> timeline is so insane. There's like six or seven different endings now of different <laughs> ways in which Ace has developed as a character. Seven gender is... Seven's gender hmm. is chaotic, neutral, presenting chaotic good. He's like a closeted, angry man. With spoons. Lots and lots of spoons. Seven plays the spoons. He's a musical <laughs> genius. So guess we're talking about the eighth doctor here. And um so eight there's there's quite a lot of queer stuff to go into, but it's a lot of expanded universe things, mainly in Big Finish, though I think we do need to talk about the Eighth Doctor Adventures, which is essentially a slow burn romance between Eight and Fitz, the Eighth Doctor's companion, and they they both declare their love for one another quite a few times across the book series um i still need to read the books so i can't really go into any more detail than that but it's 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 very very intentionally gay and on top of that of course there's eight's gender where where eight is once described as a man um or something along those lines to which to which uh he he sort of very 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 confusedly says i'm not sure i've ever been a man so so there's there's quite a lot of um non-binary transness there to unpack we could easily do an episode on eight if gone through enough of eight's media um, yeah though that's mainly expanded universe stuff so but yeah eight's master the eric roberts master who always dresses for the occasion <laughs> um just just look up that just look up the master i always dress for the occasion on youtube it tells you everything you need to know about how queer this master is even more so than the general master archetype of being absolutely 100 percent queer this master is chaotic gay that's the master's alignment <laughs> this one in particular even more so well that about wraps up the classic who era of doctor who and all the queer stuff in that we probably miss some let's be honest there's just so much to talk about it's so many years but For this week's Creator Spotlight, we are going to talk about Friends of Ace. They have an Instagram, it's just Friends of Ace, um, and also a Facebook group just talking about the queer characters in Doctor Who. So if you're interested in that, go go check it out. It's Friends of Ace on Instagram or on 
Facebook. But that is all for this week's episode of Stride with Pride. I hope you enjoyed hearing about all of this this gay stuff. This so much. It's so many. There's going to be two more episodes, one covering New Who and one covering the spin-offs. Um, so look out for those. But for now, I hope you have an amazing day, afternoon or evening, whenever you are listening to this. Don't forget to drink some water, have your meds, have a snack, take a nap. Don't forget to spread your joy. And I will see you all next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.